This episode was sponsored by Quests for Authenticity, the first and only coaching program that uses D&D to help people become just as confident in real life as their characters are at the table. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. And then the last one in the player's handbook is the Arcane Trickster. Okay, this one's cool because it's kind of like the Eldritch Knight where you get to dabble into magic a little bit. Uh, you gain spellcasting. Um, and what happens is you're going to learn three cantrips, Mage Hand, and two other cantrips of your choice from the Wizard Spell List. All this goes in the Wizard Spell List. This is why they recommend in the quick build in this uh, chapter to do Intelligence as your secondary mm-hmm. stat. Um, and then you can learn another Wizard Cantrip at 10th level. Um, and then uh, there is a chart here that shows you how many spell slots you have uh, as you level up like this. Um, but basically, you know three level ones of wizard spells of your choice. Uh, and two of them, two of the three, have to come from enchantment or illusion schools. The schools of magic. Right. So illusions like invisibility and that kind of stuff. Enchantment is like persuading people, right? Um and then uh, whenever you gain a level, um, you can replace one of the wizard spells with another one you know. Um, and you uh, see. Yeah, the other two, the other two archetypes had like a column, half a page, like a column mm-hmm. on half a page. This one's got a full page plus <laughs> devoted to it. Because of the magic component, there's like so many extra things in yeah. there. Yeah, look, it's a whole other chart, and then the number of spells you know come on that chart as well. That's what I was looking for, and I couldn't find it. Um, your DC is set the same way it was for a wizard, um, and uh, occasionally you can learn a spell from any school of magic at eighth, fourteenth, and twentieth. You can just pick fireball or whatever, uh, but most of the time it's going to be enchantment and illusion. Magic is where you're kind of restricted. Um, Why do you think that is? uh, Because it is, you don't want a sneaky tank or a sneaky glass cannon. Um, You want things that are going to lend itself to the whole concept of being a rogue, like being invisible or talking your way out of a bad situation uh, with a few small caveats. Um, and a lot of sense. magic out of the other schools is really big and noisy and not in the fun way, um, where you can distract people. It's more like, oh, look at that death from above. So it's, uh, it, it makes sense. Um, the Eldritch Knight has a similar restriction as well. So it makes sense. Um, also at third level, when they pick the subclass, um, their mage hand can just be invisible. So you don't see it. Normally when you do Mage Hand, there's like a spectral, like bluish green kind of floating hand that can do stuff. The uh, Arcane Trickster, you just can't see it at all. Hence the trickster part of the name. Um, And then also too, on top of what Mage Hand can normally do, you can stow an object the hand is holding in a container worn by another creature. uh, Pickpocket. You can retrieve an object in a container uh, worn or carried by another creature. You can use thieves' tools to pick locks and disarm traps at range, which is great because if you're not so, you're, if you're feeling like your reliable town isn't that reliable, and you're pretty sure that there's just a giant pool of acid on the other side of this door, you can back up and still do it 
because apparently you can kind of like feel through the mage hand, which is kind of cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of nice. And then you get magical ambush at level nine, um, where if you're hidden from a creature when you cast a spell, the creature has disadvantage on any saving throw against that spell, which is awesome. Because you can hide as a bonus action. You actually have to have like line of sight for the spell. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing. You're hidden from them. Doesn't mean that you can't see them, right? You That's can still true. poke your head out behind the barrel to see them and cast whatever it is. Bonus and, action, I'd like to hide. Mm-hmm. And then for my action, I'd <laughs> like to cast, you know, a whole person. And he has this advantage, by the way, in the saving throw. So good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, level 13, Versatile Trickster. Uh, you gain the ability to distract uh, targets with your Mage Hand. That's a fun trick. As a bonus action, oh good, another bonus action. Uh, you can, uh, uh, on your turn, you can designate a creature within five feet of the hand. By doing so, uh, you gain advantage on attack rolls against that creature until the end of the turn. So basically what's happening here is a bonus action. You can treat your Mage Hand as a familiar, and it's taking the help action. And then you get advantage, which, hello. <laughs> Keiko death. Um, yes, exactly. Um, but wait, there's more. We'll also throw in some Gensu knives. At level 17, you get Spell Thief. You gain the ability to magically steal the knowledge of how to cast a spell from another spellcaster. There used to be a Magic the Gathering card that lets you do this. Uh, immediately after a, key, a creature casts a spell that targets you or includes you in its area of effect, so a lot of them, you can use a reaction to force the creature to make a saving throw uh, with a spellcasting ability modifier. The DC equals your save DC. So you can basically use a reaction, force them to make a save. On a fail, you negate the spell's effect on you, and you steal the knowledge of that spell uh, if it is at least level 1 and of a level that you can cast. And it doesn't have to be a wizard spell. I mean, at level 17, most yeah. of the spells are going to be ones that you can cast. Right, basically you like dismantled the spell mid-casting and you're like, oh, I see how this works. And for the next eight hours, you know that spell and you can cast it using your spell slots. Okay, so it only lasts for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, at least that helps. <laughs> right, it mitigates it a little bit. Yeah, so the creature can't cast, and the creature you took it from can't cast that spell in those eight hours. So that's rad, because if they cast a Cinegrate and you're like, no, that's mine now, and they, you just nerfed the BBEG or the Lich or whatever, that's pretty rad. Like, I don't even know how you do that, but that's a great trick. Especially um, as a rogue. Like, I get the stealing thing, but I feel what? like this is just straight up, like, magic casters only to be able to intercept this spell coming at you and understand it as it's a... Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's but amazing. This is the arcane trickster, so they know a little bit, enough to be dangerous, right? I mean, remember, at this level, they already know how to just ignore prerequisites and magic items. So it's kind of nuts, but they can only use this feature once on a long rest, which makes sense because it only works for eight hours. And those are the three big ones that are in the player's handbook. Yeah, so those are the three. There are a total of, however, there are a total of nine, mm -hmm. however, and so these are the three kind of comp more probably more common ones that you're going to see most people play out of the player's handbook but then in two other source books you can find some additional options to niche down even more right and if you don't feel like your rogue is broken enough i highly recommend from xanathar's the swashbuckler this gets into that pirate vibe and this is the only thing i really want to just share with you here at the end uh casey is that 
they have an ability at third level, so when they become a swashbuckler called Rakish Audacity, um, it lets you add your charisma modifier to your initiative rolls. So now you're getting a bonus from your dexterity and your charisma. And you also gain an additional way to use your sneak attack. You don't need advantage in the attack roll. If you're within five feet of your target and there are no other creatures within five feet of you. As long as you and don't so if have there are advantage. if there are allies of some sort within five feet of you, you get advantage. And if there's nobody within five feet of you, you get advantage. So if you have advantage, it works. If you're with a friend, it works. If you're by yourself, it works. As long as you're not surrounded by enemies, basically, it won't work. But all the other rules still apply. You have to have a you know finesse weapon or a ranged weapon, so on and so forth. So yeah, so Rakish Audacity is one of the most ridiculous ones where like, you have to work really hard to be in a situation where it doesn't work. So <laughs> yeah, so just, just in case you were worried that rogues you know, weren't overpowered enough or just so devious, there you go. Right, yeah, so I confirm my suspicion that rogues feel OP'd. <laughs> Uh, by everything that we talked about, because they are, in fact, OP'd, and it was not my imagination. They're OP'd and you're PO'd. Yes, precisely. Uh, yeah, I mean, this one, and I mean, as is, the class is impressive, but when you layer on a race yep. and a background, I mean, you can really... Uh, what I mean, what do you think the best race is? Like, best in terms of just, like, pimping this out to the utmost level. Um, I would say elf or half-elf is really good. Um, because half-elves, you get a plus two to your charisma. And then one other, um, and then two other ability uh, scores of yours increase by one. So you can do dexterity there, wisdom there, charisma, in case you're going to do swashbuckler. But then also um, half-elves they let you have two more proficiency and two more skills of your choice. Okay, yeah, I was going to say halfling. Yeah, halfling's also really good because you can duck between the legs of bigger creatures. Uh, they get a uh, rerolls on ones, which is ridiculous, like you needed more help. Uh, and then just straight up elves um, are really great too uh, because elves get a plus two to your dexterity, um, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, and uh, on top of that, you have dark vision, uh, you have keen senses, so now you have proficiency with the perception skill. Uh, you don't need to sleep, so no one's going to sneak up on you, and you can't be charmed, and magic can't put you to sleep. But if you want to go the uh, kind of, uh, what was it, the arcane trickster, gnome isn't bad either, because gnomes, mm -hmm. they can cast a little bit of magic already, their intelligence goes up by two, uh, and the, uh, where is it? The forest gnome gets a plus one to the dexterity. They know the minor illusion, uh, cantrip. So, yeah. Um, and then, or you could go with the rock gnome and have the tinkering stuff. And yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so if, if you're someone that has, you know, questioned whether or not taking a more martial class is as fun or, you know, like you get as much stuff to do, because I think a lot of people have this idea that like, oh, it's a fantasy world with magic. I want to do magic. But something like this can easily be more effective in many, many situations than a lot of spellcasters. 
Yeah, a lot. Um, there's always something to do when you're playing a rogue. Um, and, you know, just on your own time, go look at the uh, goblin uh, player uh, uh, player race uh, is also kind of ridiculous um, because they get a plus two to dexterity. And then they have something really cool. Are you familiar with this? Called Fury of the Small? No, but I like the sound of it. It's great. So when you damage a creature with an attack or a spell and the creature's size is larger than yours and you're small, you can cause the attack or spell to deal extra damage to the creature like you needed help. It equal the extra damage equals your level. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so no matter how you slice and dice it, this is always going to be an incredible class to play. I don't think that I don't know that there would be a way you could build a rogue and have it be ineffective in a word. Like even if you paired the most counterintuitive races and backgrounds and you tried to build this out to like mute itself in some way i don't think you could no yeah i don't i don't i don't know yeah i i just don't know uh it's it is ridiculously fun it's easy to play you don't have to worry about a lot of spell slots it's uh rogues are great you guys rogues are great Thank you guys so much for listening in. This episode was brought to you by Quests for Authenticity, a coaching program that uses D&D to help people become just as confident in real life as their characters are at the table. If you are curious how you'd measure up to your character, visit www.questsforauthenticity.com to take a free quiz and find out. If you're enjoying the content that Jason and I create on the compendium, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. For as little as $2 a month, you can not only help support the content that we create and contribute to the type of content that we record for upcoming episodes, but you'll also be helping us offset the expenses that come with hosting, recording, and running a podcast like this. New episodes of the Compendium are published twice a week, so make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're always the first to know every time a new episode comes out. And as always, thank you guys for listening in, and we will see you next time.